Well, we are going to do a take two here. Sorry about the confusion, folks. It's it's like I said, it's hot out there. I'm Frank the Tank once again, and we are going to just you know pick up from where we last left off on the last broadcast because that was the funniest thing I think I've ever met with. Special guests, we're talking all in NHL. Um, what what to throw a monkey wrench in it? We have a good friend of mine, uh, the Raging Cajun. All the way from Chicago, one of the great NHL guys that I know, and kind of a kind of a funny story about him because we've been getting this the not really debate, but um, this little thing with you know the Patrick Kane and the JVR uh, trade. So let me introduce my good friend, the the Raging Cajun, Jeremy. Jeremy, live on the Frank the Tank Show. Welcome, my friend. Oh, great for being here. Oh, you can actually hear me now, huh? Well. <laughs> Well, I think we just need to start it off right off the bat. We got to open up these cold ones, brother, because here we go. Three, right. two. Get. Oh, God. Cheers, my brother. All right. And Bud Light is not a sponsor. We are not endorsing them in any way. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Jeremy, thanks again for uh, – sorry about the confusion. We had some technical difficulties. I don't know what the hell happened. That was a first – but I'm so glad that you made it on the Frank the Tank show. You and I have been um we've been trying to have our hockey talk on the Clubhouse app. Uh that's you and where you and I had uh first started engaging. But we only get about what four minutes before next thing you know, we're taking over an entire room. I talked to you last night. You decide I, I you know, I, I beg and pleaded, Jeremy, I need you on the Frank the Tank show to talk hockey with me. And here you are. And of course, you know, I have to make have the ultimate mess up in this one, but Thanks for being here, brother. Um, a little bit about yourself, because you have a pretty interesting story. Um, you're obviously you're a hockey guy, but kind of what you do, um, you know, in, in, in the real world is, is pretty interesting. Why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about yourself, brother? Yeah, so I started off uh, in the music industry, uh, doing a little bit of independent uh, talent scouting and development. Uh, as time went on, I kind of got into television, and so. Now, in the last few years, I've planted my feet or at least one foot in and out of the world of reality TV casting and development. And, you know, why I say one foot is because it's a freelance industry. So a lot of times you're having work and a lot of times you're not having work and you're trying to do the uh, hustle on that end as well. But, yeah, I'm a bit of a hockey guy. I'm a sports guy in general. You know, love football, do fantasy football, do fantasy hockey. I really started getting into hockey around 2010. I was actually in los angeles when the uh, huh? blackhawks won the uh stanley cup so i wasn't in chicago even though i'm a chicago guy in chicago right now but uh 2013 uh really got it started for me the beginning of that season and that historic season that the blackhawks had um, i was also able to kind of forge a tradition with my father in regards to hockey and ever since we watched every blackhawks game together so it's kind of our thing a great story, and I love how you always seem to sneak in the 2010 year every time <laughs> we talk because I see you rocking your Stanley Cup Chicago. Now, I have to ask you, is that the 2010 Stanley Cup shirt that you're wearing right now, the black hole? No, this is a um, this is a playoffs 2017. So I think it's one oh, of those ones okay. where the Blues eliminate us in the first round. So, yeah, there's nothing really celebratory about this shirt, but Good. want to oh, at least wear the gear. I'll just say that you guys lost because I remember 2010, um, we lost. Uh, quick message here, just says, uh, we don't talk about 2010. Obviously, we got a Flyers fan here. 
My Uncle Mark, thanks for checking in. Too many brews before the show, Frank the Tank. <laughs> no, that way we didn't have any. It was just a it was just a bad call. But obviously, we're here to talk playoffs. Like I said, once again, thank you so much for being on here with me. Playoffs have been pretty good, man. Um, I've been enjoying them. You know, they're, they're definitely heating up, and we're gonna try and we're gonna dive into some of the games um that we uh that we've been watching. Obviously, earlier on, we I think we're pretty much at a final now with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Um, this series is at pretty much down at 3-0. You know, next two games we're going to be, you know, in Tampa Bay, including this one today. Tampa Bay won game two with five seconds left, which was a hurt. It was, it was unfortunate. You're seeing it's a good physical game. Racco Gudis is laying, laying the body down. But Florida needs to utilize, and you know, with that injury, with Mason Marchman going to be out game three and four, this series, would you say, is probably pretty much over? Do you think it's a sweep, actually? At this point, uh, because the experience that the Tampa Bay Lightning have had in the playoffs the last few years and the cups and all that, I think they know how to turn it on, you know, last minute. Uh, I am still a little surprised that they actually beat the Maple Leafs in game seven. I thought the Leafs are going to find a way to um surprisingly take that series um but yeah i mean they're a freight train moving forward and you know unfortunately uh it really caught the uh panthers off guard i'm not sure where their scoring has been in the series um but um you know maybe you can talk a little bit more on that because uh, it's not just an injury aspect that's for sure no it, it's really not and and i'll say a point of what you just said you know about the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, one, they're back-to-back champions for a reason. This team is built to win championships. I mean, we're watching a team where they just win. I mean, you, you, it goes it almost goes back to that Detroit Red Wings team back in, in, in the 90s. And we were just talking about them last night, about how good they were for so long. I mean, that team with, you know, Iserman and Fedorov and, 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 the, and the Russian – Russian five, I believe it was like, that was an incredible team. They were built for the playoffs and win championships. And now you're seeing a Tampa Bay team like this with the, with the caliber of players that they have comparison might be there. I mean, I don't know who you would rather take, but this Tampa Bay lightning team is built to win championships, but some of the key players for Florida, um, uh, Carter, uh, Carter Verhage. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry about that. Verhage. Thank you so much, brother. Eight games played. Six goals, six assists. He's got 12 points in eight games, so he's playing pretty well. Not going to be a homer or anything like that. But Claude Giroux, eight games played, three goals, five assists, eight points. Kind of doing what he's, what he's maybe not even expected to do because I know for so long he had the issue with the playoffs. But now he's playing with some better players. Um, on the Tampa Bay side, you know, you have Kucherov and Hedman. Kucherov, nine games played, three goals, eight assists for 11 points. Hedman. Nine games, two goals, seven assists, nine points. So your caliber players are playing well, but those those battles and those quick wins that you get, like the five second win, you steal games, and ultimately that's probably what's going to happen here. I actually have the Lightning sweep in the Florida Panthers. I had them sweep. I mean, the it, it really wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, I'd like to hope that with the great season that the Panthers have had, that they can at least steal one game to save themselves the embarrassment. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to kind of go back for a second uh, when it came to the series with the Maple Leafs. Now, one of the reasons why I thought they were going to be able to take that series is also because Austin Matthews was 
playing really, really well, the same way that uh, we'll talk when we get to the Oilers, the way that Connor McDavid's been playing in the playoffs. And so I thought maybe he would be able to show up, you know, when the moment came down to it in the game seven and it just didn't happen. So um, it's going to be down to whether if the Rangers or the Hurricanes are going to be able to stop the Lightning and keep them out of the Stanley Cup final. If by some chance they're able to make it into a final again, you might be looking at three there. Yeah, and you know what? I actually had Toronto as my upset. I, I, on my earlier show, I think about my first one back, I had Toronto to actually beat Tampa and to take them. Um, I did just, they just, I just had that feeling. It was like that Washington team. I thought that they were finally going to get over the hump. You know, for so long we saw the Capitals. They just couldn't get past the Penguins. They couldn't get past the second round. And I thought this was the year that Tim Bay was going to do it. And what a hell of a – that first round, man, we did a lot of talking about that first round. Very, very good stuff. But um, we're going to move on to our next game. I think we both probably agree that Tampa Bay is probably going to take this one. Next round. It's Blues, Avs. Very interesting stuff last night in this game. Um, Avs are up 2-1 in the series. Uh, it's been back and forth. Now, the main thing I want to talk about here is – um, the Bennington injury. Um, and obviously you broke some news a little, little bit ago um, about Bennington. You, you want to fill us in real quick on that. What's the status on Bennington? Oh yeah. So Barube has come out and stated that it is a lower body injury and Bennington is out for the remainder of the second round. So that's like huge. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And it, but there was a, a collision with Kadri. Um Now people, you know, you saw, people, you saw it. There was a bump. Could he have stopped? Listen, I played hockey a while. It's tough to make that stop. It's just difficult. It's too, way too difficult, way too close. But the interesting thing was was the post-game interview. Um, the the post-game interview where Kadri was being questioned about the, uh, the, the takedown and the collision. And all of a sudden, it appears that Bennington had threw a water, water bottle at Kadri during his, uh, his, his post-game conference. My question is: Was the throw of the water bottle intentional? Was that intentional, or was the was the collision more intentional? What, what do you think about that one, there, Jared? Yeah, you know, as you say, like the collision. Uh, a lot of times, there's not a whole lot you can do to yeah. you know stop yourself. I mean, I'm not a hockey guy in the sense of that I've been on the ice and I played the game, but you know, watching at the speed that these guys kind of crash in, uh, it's very difficult to stop on a dime like that. So uh, you is. can't blame Kadri all too much in regards to that. Uh, when it comes to the water bottle, yeah, it absolutely was intentional. Um, you know, it kind of took him by surprise. And, you know, they almost needed confirmation of it. Bennington was the one that threw it. And I guess there was some sort of con- uh, some way in which they were able to confirm that. Um, when it comes to the reason, you know, I don't think it was intentional as in to throw Kadri off or, you know, being that pissed off. But here's a guy who you got to understand that, you know, he won a cup. And so now here he is, and he's finally gotten the goal back because the last series they were switching back and forth trying to figure out who their goalie was going to be. And now that he's kind of established in that, he took them to the next round. Now he's taken out of the game, and there's nothing that he can do about it. So I don't think that's a frustration directly at what happened. It's a frustration that now he's sidelined. And, you know, he had to know at that point that there was a good possibility that he might be out for a few games. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and point taken. And if you remember, you know, Bennington had has the cup. I think he was, actually has the cup as a rookie goaltender 
mm-hmm. um, when, when they had won. And it played incredible hockey. The whole team played incredible hockey. But Craig Berube also mentioned something on his co- on his postgame conference saying where he kind of directed that Kadri is kind of known for this kind of thing. Um, no, that being that being said, I, I still will defend him and say it's very difficult to stop on a dime like that when you're when you're flying in. Um, I don't ever I give the benefit of the doubt that nobody wants to hurt another player intentionally to take them out of the game. I feel like that the game of hockey has too much integrity for that. Um, obviously, you see, you know, players that do things that they shouldn't do, i.e., Tom Wilson. I mean, I'm not, there's no talking shit. What we see on, what him do is what we see him do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Kadri tried to take him out of the game to win. I think that it was just too fast of a play, and and something happened. Um, but that being said, who do you have in this series? Who do you have to win in this series now? I mean, we have to actually talk about the fact that another reason why you don't want to have these intentional plays is because the league does review everything. And if the league reviews and they see that it's fit to give fines and suspensions, you can be putting your team behind, you know, by doing something intentional. So, you know, we talk about how much the series is heating up on the physical level, you know, and like, is there going to be retaliation or like, how is the next game going to play out? You know, I think these guys have to play it safe and they have to play it safe to keep each other, you know, healthy, keep each other reminded that this is only really a one game lead, that there's a good amount of the series left to still play. Um, So, but who do I have? I mean, I still say that uh, the avalanche will pull it off. Um, Yeah, I'm right there with you. 100%. A good friend, Josh Marion, a great hockey player. So a little thing about, Josh Barry and Jeremy, uh, me and Josh played some good hockey together. Josh played um, a little junior hockey. Um, his take was uh, that was not Kadri, that was on the defenseman. He was going for a loose puck and an open net. And it definitely does look like that. It's it's just so fastively determined. I mean, bottom line is Kadri wasn't getting out of the way. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's that's just the way it was. And Josh is, a, is a, a damn good hockey player. I'll still definitely kick his ass in the ice. He already knows that. <laughs> um, it's just the way it is. But, uh Josh, thanks for your take, brother. Keep them coming. Um, yeah, we're with you right there 100%. Now that Bennington's out, I have Avalanche definitely winning this. Um, Maybe even more now than I did before. Next game, which actually well, is Well, taking- like, before we move on here is that, uh, well, two things. First, you know, I feel as though St. Louis is kind of a little bit lucky to have gotten out of the first round. You know, like, one thing that people don't understand is that you can't flip back and forth between goaltenders in the playoffs. And remember the duck teams from years past that used to do that. And it used to bite them in the ass every time. And, you know, when you have somebody like Mark Andre Fleury in net and the way that those young guys for Minnesota surprisingly were playing, because like they were like the LA Kings to a certain degree, you know, a surprise throughout the season. You know, I think St. Louis is a little lucky to be where they are right now. And, you know, now with uh, Colorado taking a little bit of a charge of the series, I mean, yeah, you know, St. Louis probably is going to grab another game or so. It's not going to be Colorado all the way through. If, if, they, if they grab another game, that will make this interesting. If they win the um, next game, if they win the next game and tie this series up, what do you think? It's very possible. It's possible, but I mean, how ready is Huso? You know, like we know, like from the past experience, I mean, he doesn't have that same kind of flair that Bennington does. And we saw yeah. that in the first round. Um, but, you know, another thing to think about, I don't know how 
big of a deal the Gerard injury is because last night that was another injury uh not so good hit and uh now he's got a broken sternum and he is out for the rest of the year so uh, let's see like how that affects things as well key injuries uh, speaking of key some key players have been playing really really well this playoff uh ryan o'reilly right off the top nine games played seven goals five assists so he has 12 points in nine games wait till you hear this this kid has been unbelievable, and it's a shame because the Philadelphia Flyers had an opportunity to grab this kid. Kalmakar, defense, seven games played, three goals, eight assists, 11 points. This kid is is just an incredible defenseman. He's an incredible, incredible defenseman. I mean, what more can I say? This kid is like the future. He's the future. You're watching the Avalanche lay on a good, strong core, and now you're seeing some new players come in. This kid is a shining star. Um, what more can I say about Cal? He's playing incredible hockey, and he's showing up. Abs win. Anything else on that game, my brother? No, I think that's about it, but it's going to be a very interesting series. Uh, still going to be very physical and like a lot of psychological warfare going on in that series, that's for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um and now I'm actually going to, you know, we're going to double check this score and see what's going on here. And we do have some news. So we're now we're talking Rangers, Carolina, Carolina is up to nothing. They have not lost at home since the playoffs begun. And now they're taking it to Madison square garden. End of the first one, nothing New York Rangers are up right now. Um, they are up with a goal by who no other than Mike Jabandad. Okay, so he's got nine goals. I mean, nine games played, four goals, and eight assists for 12 points. He's actually my key, key player for the Rangers. Incredible hockey. Carolina's a different team on the road. I do like Carolina, but they are a different team on the road. And with guys like Mike Chibanadad, incredible stuff. I mean, he's still putting the puck in the net. What do you think about this series? Uh, very interesting, uh, pretty fast pace. Um, I'm actually surprised at the way that the Rangers have played in the playoffs. Uh, you know, taking a dive to Pittsburgh, who had goalie issues of their <laughs> own throughout the series, was a bit surprising. I didn't think that would have happened. Um, and now just you're not really seeing as much of the production again, like another series. So, you know, I think there's a very good possibility <laughs> that Carolina can you know, take the series and sure. I don't know if it's going to happen today, but uh, you know, you will get a game or two from the Rangers. This is going to be a six or a seven, you know, game series. You know, it's not going to be anywhere close to a sweep, but uh, you know, some guys on the New York end definitely need to step up. And I know we talked a little bit yesterday about Panarin, you know, like he was the big uh, overtime game winner. Uh, but uh, in this series, uh, not a whole lot going on, even though I know with that one goal lead that they have now, Panarin did have an assist on that goal, I believe. Very interesting stuff, and I'm I'm, not, I'm definitely going to have to look into that. Yeah, but you know, Panarin was one of those guys that definitely needed to uh, to, to to shape it up because you know he's and he do, and he did have an assist. He's he's to me he's he's, he's a leader of this team, and you want to see a little bit more out of him. And I'll be getting to him a little later on when I do my. Um, top players in my in my big bust. But yeah, this is a good series, you know, because for so long the Rangers, you know, were rebuilding for almost 10 years, it felt like. Like they they kept they kept the king for a long time. You just saw them. They just weren't getting it together. And now they're in the second round of the playoffs. So you know this also brings to the point of the the, you know, the Metropolitan Division. It's starting to get 
competitive. Pittsburgh's kind of not on the way out because they still do have good talent. But the players, the teams that haven't played well for so long are getting better. And you're looking at the Flyers. They're just not going in the right direction. So it might be a little bit longer before they um, they get it together. But I have Carolina winning this. I'm actually not surprised right now where it is. But if Rangers do start winning some games, what does that say about Carolina? Because Carolina um, had an incredible, incredible year. You would think that this would be a 3-1 series, maybe a 3-2, if that. But um, you know, we'll say I'll definitely say a few things about Carolina as well if they don't get out of this series in in in, in, a, in a hurry. Um, another one of my key players I also mentioned. I am also going to mention Sebastian Ajo. You know, eleven games played, six goals, five assists, eleven points. So he's averaging a point a game. Um, another really good player. Who do you have winning this series? Oh, yeah, yeah. I also uh, feel as though it will be Carolina. Like I said, it'll be a six or a seven-game series. Uh, I don't think uh, the Rangers are going to lay down and die. Uh, you know, playing at uh, Madison Square Garden is definitely an atmosphere of its own, you know, for teams that have to show up and play. And, you know, it also helps with that momentum of being the home team. So, like, there's going to be opportunities there. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to uh, step up with their big time players and uh, actually really make a series of it. Uh, the one thing to really think about here is, you know, assuming Tampa Bay takes the other series and it ends up being Carolina, can Carolina finish? Because Carolina is known in the last number of years to be able to make more deep playoff runs, but they just can't seal the deal in making it to the cup final. So that would be an interesting series of that's how it plays out. Last time that the Carolina Hurricanes were in the cup finals was against the Edmonton Oilers, where where their coach, Rod Brendamore, was actually the captain of that team. And that may be one of my favorite playoff Stanley Cup final series I think I may have ever watched was that Edmonton-Carolina playoff series uh, where Rod Brendamore finally got to hoist the cup. Will he do it again as a coach? Only, only time will tell. Now this next and our final – um, game Edmonton versus Calgary. This has been very, very exciting. Um, lots, 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 a lot of things to dissect about this. Lots of scoring in this series thus far. Um, we and you have gotten into debate about Markstrom. I think Calgary does have the edge because of goaltending. But now, with that being said, you're seeing Connor McDavid show up in a way that I never thought that he was going to show up. I'm on record saying that Connor McDavid has an incredible season, but when he gets to the playoffs, you bump him a little bit, you throw him the old shoulder, he falls apart. Well, he is making me eat my words 100%, and, I, and I'm not too happy about it. Nobody makes Frank the Tank eat his words, but Connor McDavid certainly is. With nine games played, six goals, 14 assists, he has 20 points in nine games. 20 points in nine games Connor McDavid has. And Johnny G, the local boy, John Johnny Goudreau, Nine games played, two goals, 11 assists, 13 points, playing incredible hockey as well. Series is tied 1-1. Give me your thoughts on this series so far because this has been a beauty. 
Well, I mean, buckle up, right? Uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of goals. We're talking uh, probably definitely six games here, more than likely seven, because both of these teams on the offensive level are best of 15. Best of 15, Jar. I want best of 15 in this one. This is too good. (laughs) Sure, sure. I mean, you know, if if you are a fan of offense, you know, this is the series for you. Um, At the same time, you know, defensively, you know, we have to wonder what's going on with the goalies. And, you know, this entire year has not been the year of the goalie. You know, I know we can talk about how great Igor Shashurkin has played, you know, and how he's like the Vesna sort of candidate winner, you know, however you want to put it, if that's already uh, sealed and done for. Um, but this has not been the year of the goalie with the amount of leads that have been blown in games throughout the season. Uh, yet I thought, you know, once the playoffs hit, the playoffs are a completely different game. You know, there's a different style of play. Uh, maybe these goalies are really going to show up. But no, we're seeing a ton of offense. We were seeing five to one games in the first round, five to two games. So, you know, it's it's a little surprising, but like really fun for hockey fans to watch. Uh, when it comes to Connor McDavid, the interesting thing is that top players are going to find a way to take a team and basically carry them on their back. And, you know, being a Chicago guy, you know, I lived through the whole Chicago Bulls championships, the, the six championships. That you did, Jared. That, that you did. How many times were the team not really doing all too great? And then here comes Jordan in the fourth quarter scoring a ridiculous amount of points. And that's kind of, I see that as the hockey equivalent here with uh, Connor McDavid is, you know, the team's not doing what the team needs to do. And here he comes making unbelievable plays, you know, scoring goals. Uh, One thing that was major in the first round is when they decided to switch it up and they decided to put uh, Leon Drasidel, Connor McDavid and Kalen Yalamato on the same line. You know, and I know how that is from times in the past where you're desperate and you put Kane and Taves on the same line, but to actually stick with it and for teams not to be able to figure out how to deal with that line of three, well, you might as well keep rolling it out if nobody can figure it out. So I'm sure that creates a lot of scoring opportunities as well. And with that being said, it brings me to my little question I have for you, my friend, because you're a Chicago guy, somebody, and this is a little surprise for you. You just Ooh. mentioned a couple of good things. Here we go. I want to know your your opinion being a Chicago guy. Who do you think was the better duo? Pippen and MJ versus McDavid and Dreisaitl. These are real. I mean, now Pippen and MJ, they, they won championships. But what do you think? What do you think about this? these two? Well, I mean, it's hard to compare. Bit. Right. When you're talking with two completely different sports, it's hard to compare. I mean, when it comes to the athleticism, you know, and what is needed to win, I mean, there's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, that's the hardest trophy in sports to win, you know, but are we going to see a run of three cups, six cups, you know, whatever it is for uh, those two? I don't think so. I mean, unless you're seeing something completely different going on here, um, it's very hard for any hockey team to sustain, you know, that sort of winning streak the way that the Bulls were able to do in basketball. And that's why we have you on this show. You're just dissecting <laughs> two different sports. You're giving your takes. And that's why you are. And that's exactly why you're here, my brother. Now, to, good, good playoff hockey talk right off the bat. So we're going to go now to our, Frank the Tank's bold prediction of the Stanley Cup. And I will definitely want to know yours as well. Let's start off with yours. Let's start off with yours. No, bold I'll, prediction. I'll, I'm, I'm going to do mine because I want you to I want you to think about this because you look like you got a good one. I got Tampa Bay versus Calgary Flames. 
I have Tampa Bay versus the Calgary Flames. Now I don't know who the winner is going to be. I don't know. Is it going to be the back-to-back-to-back, or is Calgary Flames behind that wonderful goal down there, Markstrom, that that, that we love so much? <laughs> you're not sold on Markstrom, are you, Jared? No, I'm really not. I mean, I he's a good goalie, but in the past, I just haven't seen anything from him that I've thought to be just really fantastic, you know. And yeah, his first again, five look games at all the goals in the series. Three shutouts. three shutouts his first five games this season. Two of them were against the Flyers, I believe. <laughs> not bad numbers. He was cut originally. Um, can't remember what team actually cut him or didn't sign him. Um, that Calgary ended up getting him, but I like him. I think that it's going to be Calgary versus Tampa Bay. Not too sure who's going to win that one, though. I'm not going to make that prediction just yet, but that's my Frank the Tank Bull prediction of the Stanley Cup final. Jeremy, what do you got? Yeah, so I also have the Flames in the final. Um, I think that Daryl Sutter is a really good coach. And, you know, again, like his perspective is don't pass around all too much, you know, set up and shoot. And, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, you know, as Wayne Gretzky would say. And so yes, just he like did. If you can get guys in front of the net and you can just shoot away. Like, even if you miss the net, like it's better than just sitting there and passing around all the time. So, you know, I think the goals continue to pile up. Um, it's going to be one hell of a series, uh, you know, for them to, to get to the next round. But uh, yeah, I think they do get there. Um more than likely, it will be Tampa Bay. Um, I actually originally had the Panthers in the final. Well, there's no way. I don't think they're getting out of this yeah, series uh, here with yeah, Tampa Bay. I, well. um, I had them actually to win the entire thing. So if we are going to say that it's going to be Tampa Bay and Calgary, um, I think Tampa Bay does take it. Um, if it goes to Carolina and Calgary, I don't know. I mean, the Flames could probably take that series. Really good stuff. And since you mentioned the great one, we have to do a, a cheers for the great one of hockey. Cheers, my brother, to the great one. Always have to give a cheers a toast when you talk about Wayne Gretzky. Love that. And a great point with the Carolina, too. I love that. Um, so we're going to move on here to – Spotlight players and the big zero. Now, we were talking a little bit about the players from each round. Right off the bat, my number one spotlight player is Connor McDavid. Uh, I mean, look, he's just played incredible. He's making me eat my words left and right. Once again, nine games played, six goals, 14 assists, 20 points. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, he's averaging a, 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 almost two points a game. Um, he's finally stepping up, and they have a good shot. Um, little, not too sure about the goaltending still, but – He's my he's my standout right off the bat so far. Um, you could throw yours out there. I'm, I'm sure you probably agree. Well, I mean, Cal McCarr for uh, Colorado, you know, and yep. we especially for position, him. especially for a defenseman too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that yeah, the uh, <coughs> you know, head of the lines in a sense, you know, are the defensemen, but uh, they're not really big on driving the net and scoring most times. And, you know, he is a pure scorer on his end. So like, that's something different than a lot of teams just aren't used to having to defend. I mean, try about activating your defenseman Well, he's always activated. So yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, incredible player. Wish we could have got him. I think it was, I can't remember who it was that we could have not drafted, but drafted him kind of like how we should have drafted Patrick Kane, but we got stuck with JVR, Jeremy. Not sure if you if you if you remember that. 
You took oh, two cups from me. I remember you, you surely two remember. cups from me. Two cups from me, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. My big zero for the so far uh, has got to be Arnon Panarin. I know he has an assist so far. Nine games played, three goals, four assists, seven points. Got to step it up. You're one of the studs. You're one of the goal scorers. You have to put the puck in the net. Bottom line, who's your big dud so far? Well, here's one thing I will say, especially if we're talking about Panarin and you're saying what would have been in Philadelphia with Patrick Kane. I know we've talked about this before, but and a lot of it has to do with cap issues. But let's think for a moment about what the Blackhawks had. You know, so we had Panarin and he was fantastic, you know, rookie of the year. You did have Panarin. Oh, Um, my goodness. You did have Panarin. What year did you have Panarin? What was that? What year did you have Panarin, Jeremy? It was his rookie year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we had him, Good and stuff. well, we had him for a while after that as well. But uh, you know, that first year, he kind of just really shined through. Nobody even knew really who he was. He came out of nowhere. But now, at the same time, let's think. We now have Debrinket. You know, Debrinket is a forty goal scorer in his own right. And at one point or another, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, we had Tavo Teravainen. And what people don't realize is that Tavo Teravainen is actually a natural center. You know, when he was uh, going through the system to get to the NHL. So if there were no major salary cap issues, we could have eventually had a line of Tavo Teravainen, Alex DeBrinket, and Artemi Panarin. Now, how unstoppable would that have been? It, 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 it would have been incredible. But, you know, you guys also got a great steal in Patrick Sharp for how long? Another player the Flyers gave up on. I'm very bitter with the Chicago Blackhawks, Jeremy. I like you, but I don't know how I feel about your team. You guys took a lot of good players. Pat, Patrick Sharp. Well, tell me about those years. How did you? How much did you enjoy having Patrick Sharp on your team? I, I you know, I, I was never a huge Sharp fan. I, I'd say like the one that was really the standout to me was Marion Hosa. You know, oh, the experience that call. he would bring to good the call. team. And I just remember even feeling crushed those years before he came to the Blackhawks where, you know, you got to remember it was the Red Wings and the Penguins and he was on the losing mm-hmm. side. And then the next year it was the Red Wings and the Penguins and he was on the losing side. So when to finally yeah, come to, to our team, I remember, that. Win I remember comp- that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to be interrupted there, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. But now that, I mean, now Marion has a great name to bring up. Great name to bring up because yeah, he was an incredible. That's that realistically, and we won't spend too much time on it. That 2010 Chicago Blackhawks team was filled with great talent. They played really well together. They had a rookie goaltender in Andy Niemi, who didn't have too long of a career with with good years. Um, he ended up shifting over to the San Jose Sharks and really couldn't get it going. But he won the cup. You had Dustin Bufflin back at back. Uh, Seabrook, you know, Taze Kane. Um, just an incredible, incredible talent that, that you guys had. It was a great Stanley Cup final, but um, we got JVR. We should have it. Yeah, I mean, we have a great system. We had a great system. Um, you too. have to remember that. Yeah, but you have to also remember that, you know, they were kind of a dark horse in 2010, you know, so it wasn't like they were standouts. And even if you look at guys that are coming out of the Blackhawk system now, you know, uh, Antiranta, you know, now with Carolina, you know, and the impact that he's had, uh, you know, he was a Blackhawk and uh, Nikita Zadorov, you know, the big hitter that he is, he's now with Calgary. So these guys end up going on and they end up uh, having the ability to kind of work in a different system that's actually supportive 
of you know where it is that they're going in their playing careers. I mean, we can, <laughs> are talking about systems and you know what systems are working, what systems aren't working. Um, you can really hurt a player's development if you keep them for too long and your system just isn't working. You're absolutely right. I mean, and I'll go back and I'll just mention it one more time. The guy, you know, the, like, like the Flyers. I mean, Justin Williams, another player. You know, just kind of let him go, didn't hold on to or hold on to him too long, and he ended up turning out to be an incredible player. But you know, we were just talking about coaching, so we're going to transition into our next segment and probably our, you know, probably our final little talk that we're going to have, unless you have something else that you want to. Yeah, add. no, and I just like to let you know for Please. a little bit of time here on my end, uh, my screen is frozen, so I don't know what it is on your end, but uh, just, it looks good. No, you look good. Okay, it's, okay, so then I don't cut out on you here. Uh, we've had enough You're... technical difficulties for the day. <laughs> well, you know, it happens to the best of us. So we're going to talk about the coaching vacancies in the NHL. So just for the record, always like to give credits. Um, we're, we have the teams laid out and then some potential coaches next to them. This is per Abby uh, Mastraco, a Bleacher Report. Just want to give her her creds. Um, so for each each coach, this is a, a prediction that Abby has on behalf of Bleacher Report. Just want to give the credits to her as well. So right off the bat, we were talking a little bit about this last night. Dallas Stars, um, Peter DeBoer. Uh, that's who they think is they're going to be their next next coach. Um, I kind of um, led a lot with like belief in like a lot of these probably might be accurate. Um, don't follow Dallas Stars too much, but they you know their coach was did just put out something that he wasn't going to be coming back, so he is also out there in the market. But Peter DeBauer um, goes to the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars is one of those teams that you know. They they have talent. They have the ability to be able to contend um, in the playoffs. They just couldn't get to that level. Um, Peter DeBauer, if you have a take on that, by all means. Yeah. So um, the Dallas Stars came out as a bit of a surprise in that first round. You know, I really had the Flames taking charge of that series. Ottinger was a big part of you know why they got as far as they did. That sixty three saves or sixty three shots faced was just incredible. You know, for somebody of uh, his young stature to be in that position because people don't realize that. You know, in the league, it takes a lot of time for a goalie to get accustomed to the NHL style, just as it does for defensemen. So there's not a lot of uh, goalies that a few years out of the gate are just sensational like that. And, you know, that's a big part of why they were able to move on. But uh, one thing with Dallas was that, you know, they basically sat back and gave up. You know, they had leads and then they played defensive. And I don't know if that's really on the coaching staff or if that's on the players, but you know, there was a possibility that they could have taken that series and it just didn't happen for them. Um, coaching wise, I'm a little confused. I know that uh, contract was ending, but uh, not only is the coach gone, but the assistants are gone as well. So that's a clear bench that they're looking to rebuild in Dallas when you had a playoff team that could have easily made it to the second round. So I don't know what that system is and what they're looking for the next few years, but for me, it almost seems like you should have stuck with your guys. Um, you know, it's don't uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater sort of situation. There in <laughs> I love that one. It's been a while since I heard that. Yeah, um, and we'll definitely see. I mean, I'm kind of with you on that one. Actually, I'm in full agreement. So we'll we'll, we'll move on to um, Detroit Red Wings. So Mike Mike Felucci, he's a Michigan guy from Farmington, Michigan. 
Longtime head coach of the OHL, Plymouth Whalers, before he made up to the pro ranks um, with the front office with the Hurricanes. He brings this experience. But, you know, has Eiserman kind of gone outside with this? Like, do you think this realistically could be the move for them? I don't know. Detroit Red Wings are one of those teams, but we had mentioned it. Like, you know, for so long, they were such a good team behind Babcock. And since, you know, the issue with Babcock and he had left, and, you know, you saw the final piece with, you know, Nicholas Lindstrom and Pavel Datsuk also moving on, and now guys like Dylan Larkin uh, jumping in and doing his thing, they haven't really been able to build around him. They haven't gotten the coaching behind him. You know, what do you want to even come to this team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you watch some games in the regular season, you see some bright spots every year with them. But just in the end, they have a hard time finishing games. Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with goaltending. A lot of it has to do with coaching. A lot of it has to do with defense. You know, I don't know a lot about their system to know what they have coming up or, you know, what draft picks are really on the line for this year and next year. But you got to think, you know, how long is a rebuild, you know, essentially? And, you know, who is the, the Rangers. one who's actually to blame? Ten years. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, who's the, um, and this is just me not knowing or drawing a blank is, you know, who's the general manager over there in Detroit? Like that's something that probably needs to be looked at as well. Is it Steve Eiserman? Um, no, he's with Tampa. No, no. Steve Eiserman is with general manager, Steve Eiserman. Yep. Yeah. So you can only imagine, you know, you know, he wants the team that probably do well, but regardless, they have to draft picks are important. They got to build the team around. I, I mean, this is just a, a you know I'm, I'm, the next the next team is something that I'm really curious about because I'm curious about this one um, for obvious reasons. Vegas Golden Knights get Rick Tockett. A lot of talks that Rick Tockett maybe could possibly be coming to Philadelphia. I don't want him to come to Philadelphia. Um, owner of Old City Sports Network, Jesse Bell, also host of Flyers Alley, 100% against having Rick Tockett come here because of the fact that this team just trashes coaches, and we don't want to see guy like Rick Tockett get trashed for not coaching well. Um, you know, he made shots with the Arizona Coyotes. Vegas Golden Knights, and you and I also had the discussion. Um, they're a team that hasn't really had any down years because, they one, they haven't been in the league that long. And, two, they played pretty damn well. Um, what do you think Rick Tockett gets to do for Vegas Golden Knights if he does go there? Yeah, I mean, that's a little situation of goaltending as well. Um, you know, you had uh, how many shootouts was it at the end of the season? And they only basically needed two points to kind of uh, make their way into the playoffs and they just couldn't finish. Uh, you know, I don't <laughs> think there's a whole lot going on there wrong. I think it's a similar situation to what's going on in Dallas. It's again, you know, I'll say the phrase to you, you laughed last time. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't you know, throw out not- the baby with the bath with the bath water yep and so um it's a situation of yeah they don't really know what it's like to lose they don't really know what it's like to miss the playoffs and when you're in a situation where you only miss the playoffs by a few points you know that should not be regarded as a losing season you know i don't think a lot of people realize what a real losing season is you know you look at the blackhawks this year you know you look at uh detroit uh if we can go further down the list and looking at uh Arizona and the Coyotes, you know, like those are losing seasons. So I think uh, they're kind of uh, jumping the gun to give you another uh, phrase there as well uh, in regards to what's going on with coaching in Vegas. Well said, well said. Um, I love it 100%. It brings up our next one. This is kind of 
this probably is probably the most, I don't want to say certain, um, not breaking any news here, but th- I think this is probably the most realistic. And this is Barry Trotz going to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, he is a um, good coach, played, did a really good job, actually. He's from that area, um, Dolphin Manitoba native. I think that he would definitely probably per- want to do this. This move right here probably is the most realistic for Winnipeg and for Barry Trotz. Um, I'll say that this one not set in stone because I'm not, you know, I haven't heard anything, but this probably is a real move that probably could happen. Uh, Barry Trotz will probably go to the Winnipeg Jets, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad move. Um, they definitely have the talent in Winnipeg. Um, Hollabuck uh, needs to kind of get it together uh, and go back to what his original form was because uh, when he first kind of started in the league, we saw like a lot of flashes of Ottinger sort of play that we saw out of Ottinger in the playoffs. Uh, but they definitely have the speed, people like Kyle Connor and so on. You know, so the, the talent is there. Um, Barry Trotz is another one that's always kind of been a – puzzling thing to me because he won the cup and then he left the team and he went to a team that, uh, you know, wasn't up to snuffs. And so like, he's just going to be bouncing around uh, trying to make his way into a team that he's going to have to rebuild. And so I don't know if that's something that he's looking to do or if he just wants to win. So, I mean, it all depends on his perspective. Couldn't have said anybody. Might as well just kept Paul Maurice at that point, which then leads to Paul Maurice is out there. Now, I saved this one for last because this is going to lead into a segment that I'm going to kind of um, rant a little bit. And this is the Philadelphia Flyers with possibly signing John Tortorella. I'm not for this move. I'm really not. Um, John Tortorella has that feel of, um, of uh, wow, Sixers had Doc Rivers, like, you know, just kind of blows, blows series. Um, has good seasons, but blows series. That's my opinion. I don't want John Tortorella here. The guy that I always wanted, I had said it to you, I stressed it, probably not going to happen, was Dan Bosma. Um, I still would love for him to get him, but it's probably not realistic. Um, John Tortorella is said uh, per Bleach Report to come to Philadelphia. Um, that's not something I, I, I really want to happen. Um, your take on that before I jump into this rant. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably know about the situation in Philadelphia a lot more than I do. That's for sure. Um, he's a good coach. Um, but yes. I think like a lot of what is going on there is you're relying on what has happened far in the past, you know, rather than like the recent future. And so that's the problem with a lot of these, uh, coaching vacancies is because you basically have three options. You have the option of going in your system and bringing somebody up, which is great for developing players, But if you're really starting to move forward with the rebuild rather than continuing to slowly add players to your team, you're not going to get very far with that perspective. And Blackhawks are a perfect example of that with having both uh, Carlton and King uh, behind the bench and, you know, them coming from that more developmental perspective. You have the option of bringing in somebody new that people, as in the general public, aren't as aware of. They're probably good coaches. But then you have these kind of like elite coaches, you know, the uh, the Babcocks and the Hitchcocks and, you know, all of those that are out there but not really doing much of anything. And the big names, you want to get them in that seat. You want to have them bring you to the playoffs. But at the same time, we're relying on work that they did many years ago. And so, like, is it a good idea to bring in a well-known name? 
a lot of the time it just doesn't work. You don't get the same kind of magic. Well said. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's going to bring me to a little something. Now, uh, this is a little something. I, you know, we, uh, Jesse from Delco, bold prediction that Flyers' new head coach will actually be none other than Montgomery, um, who is the assistant coach right now with the St. Louis Blues. Um, I haven't really given this through much thought, but I will say it does make sense. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll go off right, off the, right, right away um, on record. Jesse, uh, Jesse, owner of Old City Sports Network and host of Flyers Alley, the Admiral. He was my partner in crime for some time. Did a lot of good things together over at Old City Sports Network. Great guy. Full credits to him. Said from December, and I have it right here because I told him I was going to do it. He was, he was, he was possibly going to come on, but he got busy. Probably had a couple beers last night. Right here, Jesse from Delco has been saying Montgomery since December. Right off the bat. I mean, he has been, and he, and it's possible that it's going to happen. And him and I had a conversation. Um, he spoke to a connection of his, and it, it realistically might actually happen. Montgomery, um, assistant coach of the St. Louis Blues. It's it, it's it's not a bad move. It's not a bad move. And a, a second tweet here. Just heard the Flyers have their coach decided. They're going to start making moves. Um, that's from Jesse from Dalco. You can see here. It looks like he's got a little bit of an argument going on there, but someone uh, clearly they think that they blocked me. So who really gives a shit what that person has to say? <laughs> because they obviously have to block me. So maybe they should unblock so I can see what they have to say, or maybe they should just stop talking shit and actually give the man his creds. Because just because you didn't report it, buddy, doesn't mean it's not true. All right. Just Cheers, to that. Cheers to that. Cheers <laughs> to that, my friend. <laughs> Justin from Delco has been saying this since December. Just because you didn't report it there, Eric. Doesn't mean that it's not true, pal. All right, step aside. Let the let the admiral throw. Moving on from that, but yeah, um, I'd like the prediction. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. It's someone outside um, winning. Um, it might be a different feel. I, I really can't be too too upset with it at all. And this is now the part where I say you, I would want you to stay on for this. We are now concluding to the end of the show. My brother, thank you so much for being on here. I, I I know we had some technical difficulties, but exactly what happened is why I want you on here. Just because, you know, the good hockey talk. We got to talk an hour of hockey, Jeremy. An hour of hockey. We haven't been able to do that just yet, brother. I'm yeah, really well, excited. let's make it a little bit longer here. You want a hot take uh, about the Chicago Blackhawks for me? I'll take your hot take before, before I do okay. the tank rank. Go ahead, fire me up even more. All right, here we go. So this is in regards to coaching. We talked a little bit about this last night, but I had told you that I think the Blackhawks made a mistake in not abandoning their system that they have now and actually moving forward and trying to get Daryl Sutter before he was actually with Calgary. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize about Chicago sports is we love bringing back old players and coaches and, and so on. And so I think that would have been a perfect move, uh, considering the fact that a big part of why the Blackhawks are where they are today is because they just don't shoot the puck enough. So I think that was a mistake that was made. Another mistake that I think has been made is we have already fired our assistant coaches. One of our assistant coaches is Mark Crawford. Mark Crawford is well 
experience and successful as a coach. Uh, he won a cup with Colorado as a coach, you know, back in the nineties, uh, he's led Olympic teams. He's actually, uh, built Vancouver up, you know, in the two uh, thousands to become a playoff team. So if we have to sit there and we have to work within our coaching system to bring somebody up and the Blackhawks have done that since 2001, uh, which gives me not the best of outlook of where it is that we're going in the coaching situation going in the next year. Uh, I would have loved for them to have kept Crawford and actually promoted him to becoming head coach. Wow. Love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. I love it. Little guest there back there. A little cousin walking around trying to check out the scene here. Once again, the live feed clearly. Maybe you probably heard you talk about the Blackhawks because we know that's your team. And you just fired me up even more. So let's dive right into the Frank the Tank rant. And it kind of goes off of what we were just saying a little bit about. And if you don't mind, I'd like to cue the music here a little bit. Oh. Sometimes somebody makes a prediction. They put out a take. And it could be right. And there's always that one person that's just so freaking bitter. Oh, it's not true. Uh, it can't be true. Why can't it be true? Because you didn't say it. Other people have opinions as well. People, uh, opinions do matter with everybody around the league. There's a lot of different journalists out there. A lot of different opinions. That's what makes this game so good. Is that everybody doesn't think the same. But for you to think that other people's opinions are wrong because it's not yours, it's absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And it shouldn't be tolerated. Now, I'm going to reflect back to it. Jesse from Delco, Old City Sports Network, Flyers Elliott said, came out with the opinion that this Montgomery is going to be the coach. And this, and a slime ball comes in and has to say, I don't even know who, what he said because I'm blocked. So how much, how much credit do you really have? Uh, clearly, you're just like talking shit anyway. But people have their opinions. I think he's right. Just respect people's opinions. That's all that matters. And the Frank the Tank rant. And that's going to do it for our show today, everybody. Wow, man, what a great show. We have Jeremy aboard the ship the all the way. My first mate of the second season of the Frank the Tank show. Make sure you go out. Give everybody a follow. Jeremy, any last minute plug for you? Anything you want to plug? What do you got going on? What's, what's happening? Yeah, you know, I'd plug my social media, but I actually don't have a huge following. And if you want to spell my last name, Sadabras, out, it's very difficult. But Whoa. if people do want to actually find me, uh, the last name is spelled S-I-D-A-B-R-A-S. I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I'm on most of the social platforms. I'm not on Snapchat or TikTok. And, you know, as always, uh, you can that stuff find Ethan me on, and the crew. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can also find me uh, on Clubhouse, uh, which is where I've been a lot lately. And we're not only we connected first, but uh, if anybody wants to continue this discussion on another day and kill some rooms, just find the two of us and we'll do it by doing some NHL talk. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be getting that room started in the clubhouse app. We've been talking about for so long. So we're going to designate a room for NHL talk. When I share these videos, I will have all of Jeremy's social media up there. Give him a follow. He's a, he's a great guy, fun guy, great conversation. Um, couldn't be more happy to have you on here. My brother, I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll have to do this again when we actually get to the Stanley Cup final. 
for me, thank you so much, everybody. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll have more things to talk about. Um, once again, thank you so much, Jeremy. Talk to you soon, my brother. Okay. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Cheers.